excited because I'm surrounded by Charlotte right here. You are listening to Table for Two with Naomi Nachman on the Nachum Siegel Network. Ah, well, the smells are incredible here. Um, it's going to be a good show. Remember last week I said we're having a challenge show? We are having a challenge show. This is not going to be your typical show. We are going to make challenge. We're going to eat challenge. You're going to see how it's all done. We're going to be talking with... Bean and Spice creator, Yiddle... Steinberg. Steinberg, I knew it. <laughs> uh, right here on the Nachum Siegel Network, we have got a great lineup. Joining me for the second half of this show is my very good friend who I met in the last month. We've spoken about all of my very good friends who I've literally become close friends with through Instagram. Ahuva Godina. I, I hope I'm saying that right, Ahuva. Godina. You know, I have an Australian accent. I can say it. Anyway, right? <laughs> uh, from Homegrown Kosher, she's been on the show at least. Is this your second time? Or? It's my second time. Yeah. Second time on the show. And um, she's going to be joining us. I actually started following her one year, Erev Pesach, when she started making a starter for sourdough made from quinoa. Yeah, that was I'm like, fun. what is that woman doing? So uh, we reached out. We became literally friends. We spent Shabbos together. Uh, Lots of foodie adventures, and today is going to be yet another one, this time on Table for Two. We're going to be talking about the other side of her business as well. So, um, you know my intro. I'm about all the food all the time, and today is no exception because we're going to be eating cholent. You know it's not actually Friday morning when we re record this. It comes to you live on Friday mornings as you listen to it. Um, and we're going to be having cholent on a random weekday. And we are so excited because we know it's going to be amazing. Um, I, uh, so we're just going to jump straight into it. You, you know the intro. You know how it goes. But today's actually a very special show because it is the last show for the season. Um, I'm going on summer hiatus after this. I've got a, an amazing summer coming up. I hope you will follow my adventures uh, on Instagram or on Facebook, um, as I'm sure most of you do. If you want to reach out to me and talk to me, you know you can always reach me at Naomi at NachumSiegel.com. I'm going to be hopefully waiting for an Yishur to come in from Israel to go visit my children and grandchildren. Um, so there is definitely a lot going on. I'm going to spend a Shabbat in Savannah. Um, lots of time in Camp Kaylee. Is he okay? I'm going to miss talking to you and seeing you. Um, but we will. We are always in touch. Um, I, you know, ZK is the only guy who's actually forced to listen to me. My husband can walk out of the room anytime he wants. Brach Hashem, he doesn't. But, but ZK's got to stay. He's got to make sure I stay on the air, right? Maybe <laughs> he's cracking up from that. Never come ZK. And the other day when we did a time, he like he had not only one hour, two hours, three hours, four hours of the a time auction, which was really a lot of fun. Okay, we're just going to get straight into the show. Because we could talk about Charlotte. So, Yidl, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. My pleasure. So, when Yidl and I first um, were in touch with each other, it was actually through Malky Hirsch from Kiss the Kosher Cook. Mm -hmm. She told me that there's a guy that brings you Charlotte in a bucket, and all you have to do is raw ingredients, is dump it in the crock pot, and add water. I'm like, that is genius. I need to try some now because I don't love to make cholent. I don't love to eat my – I never eat my own cholent. I only eat other people's cholent. I don't know why it is like this. That's that's how I roll. Um, and Malky brought one over. She showed mm -hmm. me what to do. And I'm tagging away. And then I'm like – we Yiddle and I started talking. And I'm like, you've got to come on my radio show. This is just – We've got to share this with our listeners. So here he is. He came with his wife and baby. They slept out to Long Island from Borough Park. Park. Have you been out here before? Before before um, deliveries? Came here to eat maybe once or twice. Okay. Times. Was it good, the Local food? Local restaurants. Yeah, I've been in Wait. Doma. A smokehouse, I think it was called Grays. Grays. Yeah, they just had a fire, but they're um, going to rebuild. We shall rebuild. Um, I think I've been in another place. Don't remember. Yeah, but we have we have good we have There's good places. Yeah, you guys yes. also you've got the loft in Brooklyn and you've yes. got some good and and uh, we spoke about it the other day. What's that? Um, I've yes. been eating there forever because my brother lives in Borough Park. Um, yeah. So, how on earth did you come up with this concept? And tell us the whole concept. Walk us through. So, during Corona, I would say like the beginning when. Even Borough Park was on lockdown. Wow, wait. 
Borough Park was actually in lockdown? Yeah, I would say two, three, four... Hours. Two, three months, probably. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Until Shavuos, actually, people were really staying home. Yeah. Um, People were not eating out. And then until the restaurants opened and people were comfortable going there, it still took a while. Um, so every Thursday night, you know, Borough Park is a big chulant hot spot with <laughs> everyone going out to eat. And so people were locked at home. Um, I actually started one week with a small pot. I put up a pot like this for myself. I just filled it up. If you're making chulant already, you might as well might fill it up well. to the top. And then I posted on my status just... Friends see it. WhatsApp status. WhatsApp status, correct. It's instead of Instagram and Facebook, you can post a status. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of like the Instagram of right. WhatsApp. But only people that have your contact, contact can yeah. see it. Yeah. So I posted on my WhatsApp status. I have, I don't remember, two or three pounds of chulant available for sale. Um, and they were grabbed up within a few minutes. Uh, were you known for your chulant? Or you just... Um, I cook a lot, you know, I post on my status. Okay, um, you so you're know. like a little bit yeah. of a food blogger situation. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Small, yeah. Um, I'm actually making chulant for a lot of years already. In yeshiva, I used to take the cook's chulant and Oh, you were that guy. <laughs> you were that guy. Yeah. Okay, okay. Secretly fix it up in the back room. <laughs> <laughs> and... Then I took over the chulant at home before I was married by my parents. And then I was always playing around with different and recipes. And in camp. And, and yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I got a picture now of who you, what kid you were like. <laughs> okay, it's good. I was the same way. Yeah. Good. So then, so the next week, I went out and bought a 18-quart pot. Instead of a six-quart pot, I put up an 18-quart pot. Business cop, you the cop. <laughs> if I made this much money with this size chalapon, yeah. how much more money will I make? And I posted on my status, I have more children to whoever wants. And people came by, friends, family, you know, one person became another. This one told me the other one. And then, you know, I kind of settled it. We had a, a combo every week, chulnt, yaptik, and deli roll. And that was what I've been selling um, for a while, even after the restaurants opened, I'm still selling it. Okay, great. At home. I'll order one. Just friends, family, a little bit. Um, every Thursday night, almost every week. Um, and then I started, I don't remember when it was even when it hit me, like, you know, I should get other people to have this, not just Thursday night, but also on Shabbos. Um, I know Ready Chulant doesn't cook that well. Keep it like another, sell it to somebody Thursday or Friday, keep it another 24 hours. It doesn't work so well. Um, so I started thinking um, if we can sell it to them raw. And raw I also, mm. also started slowly on my WhatsApp status, um, then reached out to a marketing company or two till we found somebody. Um, I actually used Mango Creative from Williamsburg. They made my logo, Shout colors, out to them. Um, and everything helped me start up. And I made an Instagram page, and that was when I started selling it. I think this is fantastic. So let's pick up a container. How, for those who are watching our YouTube channel, this is look. It's it's called Ready to Cook Challenge. I don't know why it mm -hmm. took this long to get this to market because it's so genius okay in here is layers of barley beans mm -hmm. flesh a lot of flesh okay and potatoes i'm opening up the top and all the spices i just want to show everyone you'd have bought this to me last night the potatoes are still white do you park cook them this is raw Raw potatoes. I really would have thought these would have gone like black and disgusting. They've they have a little a little color, but they look amazing. The color is probably more from the spices, oh, a little bit, yeah. Yeah, but not bad. I would eat this, and I am the world's pickiest. If it has, if an apple has a bruise on, I won't eat the whole apple. I'm terrible. Um, and it comes everything in the challenge, everything in the mixture. Mm -hmm. That all you have to do. Well, why don't we show them? Yeah. But let's sure. do it backwards, okay? Let's do it backwards. Let's eat the one I put up last night. Mm -hmm. And then in this part, we'll put afterwards the chalant. Sounds like a plan? Sure. Okay, so you're going to help me. So I had this cooking since last night. Ta-da! Okay, let's have a look. ZK, can we get a zoom in on that? Okay, ZK is going to zoom. You may want to turn on your YouTube channel to watch. Can you go transfer to the... Yeah, um, so 
I'm going to, I'm going to stand up now. Um, guys, this smells amazing. Like, can they, can you see? It's right in there. Oh, okay. So ZK's saying we should, well, I'm going to transfer, okay. So I bought like a fancy dish out here. And we're just going to serve it like I would on Shoppers, like in an oven-to-tableware dish. Or Look at that, guys. I might just try. I put it in a chollant bag because I hate cleaning the chollant pot. I don't know if, if – is that like is that okay if I do that? Yeah, sure. How does a professional chollant maker feel about chollant bags? Uh, I actually only use chollant bags. Even in my 18-quart oh. pot, I have a big bag that I put in there. I – don't Cause, either because there's nothing worse than cleaning the yeah. chollant pot. It makes me like gag. I think that's maybe why I don't make chollant. It's cleaning the pot traumatizes me. Okay, this is great. So this is a full. This is not the biggest one you made. No, this is the smaller size. This is the smaller size, and you can mm -hmm. see this easily will fit a. And remember, you're not only serving chollant; you're serving like a lot of other things. By right. the way. Today for lunch, mm -hmm. even though it's a weekday, my husband took some for lunch this morning in a little plastic container. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> there are no words to describe well, he how. Had to smell all night. He woke up. Yeah, he woke up and he's like, <laughs> "Smell chollant. We're gonna have chollant for." Okay, um. At least he didn't have so it for breakfast. So it's missing a little bit. He would have had it for breakfast <laughs> if he would have realized, trust me. My husband loves chalant. Nebuchadnezzar, though, I really don't like to make chalant. Okay, so we're going to serve some of this out right now to a hoover. Oh, yeah, hoover's not going to have, right? You do. I'll have a little bit. Okay, okay. I'll give you, like, potatoes. And meat. And meat. Of course. A hoover's a big meat eater. Here we go. I'm going to go bisschen of fleisch. I don't know why I always I'm talking Indianish when I'm serving chalant. Okay. It's a Hamish food, food. If you're speaking Yiddish, you have to say chulant. Chulant. <laughs> well, it depends. That's Hasidish accent. Mm -hmm. My mother, uh, yeah, maybe my mother says chulant also. Okay, is there another Is there another plate? Oh, here. I'm going to put that bag here. So, okay, you're going to have? Is, is that plate clean no. at the end that had salad on it? Okay. I, I need another plate. <laughs> Is there, are there any more plates? Speak for yourself. I'll get okay, what? Okay. But, okay, so I'll, I'll, you'll get later? I'll get okay, fantastic. <laughs> so, so I'm just going to, here guys, you can zoom in on that. Um, and also my clean lady that came to help me also had some for lunch because she thinks the best Jewish food is chocolate. So shout out to Sylvia. All right, are we ready? Guys, you're going to plus. Okay, because I know I'm already having fleshik for dinner tonight, so I know that I can. Hadama or shahakol? Is it one mixture? I have to make a bracha on there. Because who has chalant without washing hamoitzi first? Right. right? We're having chalant without hamoitzi. Because I've never had chalant when it's not Shabbos. Mm -hmm. I promise you that. I make three brachas. There's mazonos, because you've got the barley. barley. Mm -hmm. And then you've got hadama, and then you've got shahakal. Maybe we should have washed first. <laughs> <laughs> so we could have had some sourdough. Okay. All right. So I have to make all three brachas. Okay. So I'm... What do I do? I make one bracha, and then another bracha, and then eat the two things, or bracha? It's... Yeah, it's, it's confusing. I'm just saying. I don't know what the right thing to do is, but I, when I have something like this, I tend to make, unless there's one thing that's the main thing of everything, but there's nothing. You best off probably taking a cracker or something, starting with a mazinus. Ah, but we're in the middle yeah. of the show. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Hashem, Let's please understand. Okay, maybe it's just shahako because it's a mixture. I don't know. We're having a rabbinical debate here. ZK's like, get the show on. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, guys, table for two is over. We're going to be eating chalant. It has just the right amount of spice. That right bit of black pepper. Black pepper, right? Mm -hmm. Ah. Mmm. It's hot. This is outstanding. Guys, I never eat chalant. No, I'll eat, like, maybe at a kiddish if it looks mm -hmm. just so. But this is unreal. This is really something, something, guys. Okay, we need to talk about this some more. Mm -mm -mm. I'm still eating. 
I love it. Like, I love it. It is so good. I'm telling my, my husband will want some for, for, for lunch tomorrow. Um, Ahuva, can you please pass me some seltzer? Yeah, thank you. I need a little bit of a drink because it's hard to do a show and have chocolate in your mouth. Um, okay, so let's talk a little bit more about this flavor profile. I know that you probably have some secret ingredients in there, but let's talk about how you came to figure out exactly the right amount to do. So over the years, I actually um, tried a lot of things, weird things, and who knows what. What's the weirdest thing you put in your chalet? Um, I've tried coffee, beer, Coke, ketchup, which I don't use. You don't? Uh, um, I use ketchup. Oh, ZK's take. A pair of parents for the chalet. <laughs> yeah. Um, ZK's on camera, guys. Just take a moment to notice that. <laughs> and he's done. Yeah. You keep talking so I can eat. Um, so I went through a lot of things, a lot of different recipes, and I actually don't use anything weird or crazy um, all regular ingredients. Um, it's clean. We clean. call it clean eating. Mm -hmm. Spices, right? And you're using the balance of the meat. Are there onions in here? Um, yeah, fried onions. Oh, wait. I'm stuffing my face. I'm sorry, I can't help myself. <laughs> you fry the onions and then you put on? Sauteed onions, yeah, it's in there. And do you cook the meat first? No. Meat I don't raw. do oh, Yeah, right, I know that. Raw. Except the onions. Right. Unreal. Unreal. And look how it comes layered. Yeah, for those of you watching. That's because when you turn it over, you get the potatoes on the bottom. Is that what you and want? And then the meat and then the barley. Because um, the barley would get burnt the easiest if it's on the bottom. So you want that on the top. And if anything gets burnt, you want it to be the potatoes. So Yeah. That's, yeah. I mean, that's what I think. So we keep right. the potatoes on the bottom. Uh-huh. So if one is traveling for Shabbos... Mm -hmm. You could just bring, and you don't want to miss out in your challenge. Right. You just bring your crock pot. Mm -hmm. You bring one of the bean and spice challenge, and you're good to go for Shabbos. What? This is perfect for summer travel. This is unreal. What? Bungalows. This is amazing. Now, where are you selling this? I'm selling this right now in Bar Park out of home. Um, I deliver in Bar Park, Flatbush, Williamsburg, Crown Heights. And what's this? Five towns? <laughs> Woodmere. Woodmere. Okay. Woodmere. Woodmere town. Um, and actually, pickup will be from my house. Yes. We're gonna do. We're gonna do. Uh, I just have to coordinate that I'm home that week, <laughs> whichever <laughs> weeks we do it. Right. Um, but this is a great product. Does it freeze? Can people freeze it? Have we tried that yet? Not tried it yet. No. Next thing on my list is to do so. I'll let you know. You'll yeah. Keep everybody Wanna updated. Yeah. Park cook the potatoes first. Yeah. Um, that's then you be, that won't. Mm -hmm. You're not going to be able to freeze raw potatoes. Why? You do a a, like a quick blanch first, mm -hmm. and like in hot water, and then into cold water. Then you should be able to, because otherwise they're going to really like you worrying about the color turning. Mm -hmm. They're going to when they freeze and defrost the texture and also the color is going to go. So try blanching them first, okay, and then try. Yeah, Hoover's like a food scientist. Mm -hmm. All right, so let's actually make one to show everyone how easy it is. All right, so do I need another chalet bag? <laughs> oh, well, I'm not going to be able to get... We'll have to use it straight in here because I don't have... Okay. I mean, it's in the kitchen. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> I cleaned the last one. Okay, so um, ZK, can we zoom in on this as I top it in? All right, potatoes at the bottom. All right, you ready, guys? So in a, I put a, I'm going to put on a low setting and I'm just... See, we got that zooming in. We got it. The meat, and now all the all the beans go at the bottom. Thank you, Ahuva. Oh, it came out. Now, Ready can you see what happened? Look, can you see that it's in the shape of the bottom of the pan? I'm going to turn yeah, it. Yeah, I got it. Case the best. Just okay. grab a fork and. and, and, and yeah. Okay, we're make we're cooking Flatten together. Flatten it a bit. Does it have like turmeric in it? Yeah. No. Nope. It has this nice yellow color. Now I'm taking some cold water, and can we see what's going on inside? Um, not exactly, but I'll try. Okay, so I'm putting up water. You tell me when. Keep on going. Keep on going. We're pouring in water. 
bit more. Bit more. You want it fully covered, and since it has a lot of barley, which soaks up a lot of water, maybe even a bit more than that. Right. So, so right before Shabbos, you know, I, I checked it just to make right. sure. That should be good. Okay. So that's it. I made challah. Ta-da! Okay, so now we put the lid on. Where did Here I put the lid? Oh, there you go. We put the lid on. If your crack pack cooks very low um, or it takes long to start cooking or if you're running late, you can always use hot water, boil up some water in a pot or take from the urn oh. and that will speed you up. And what about like putting it on high hours. for a bit? That could help too. I mean, you have to know your crack pot. Right, right. If not, you're better off probably on low, cook it long, you know. This is unreal. So we're going to go plug this in. Now, I just, we just wanted to show you how easy this was. We're going to plug this in and we're going to have another... Pot of cholin. Tuesday. <laughs> Tuesday. <laughs> yeah, it's cholin in the morning, cholin in the evening, <laughs> cholin at breakfast time. All right. Um, we're going to just pop this. Well, I'm not going to do it in the middle of a show, but we'll take this and we'll put it over on the side there and we will plug it in. And I'll take care of it. Okay. Thank you, Zeke. Zeke does a lot of things, so mm -hmm. he has to listen to me and he has to, like, plug in the cholin. He add cholin maker to his yeah. resume. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Thank you, Zeke. Okay. Yeah, you can just plug it in over there. You should know it's funny when I went to my all my counters are clean, um, and I when I went to make the chocolate last night, I went to the same place that will use where I plug it in on Shabbos. It's like the makom kavua of the chocolate. So the crock pot. Yeah, it's on low. CK, we're good to go. We'll have chocolate again tomorrow. Fantastic. Um, okay, so the chocolates are available all over the place, and we're going to experiment. Um, with freezing it. With freezing it. Mm -hmm. I think it would be cool maybe vacuum packing it. If you Right? That, uh, that'll help with the turning brown, the potatoes turning mm -hmm. brown. But I'm just concerned about the texture of freezing raw potatoes. But I you know, I freeze potato cooker and a lot of people turn up their nose at that. It's cooked. I freeze potato cooker also, but raw potatoes, but maybe if you blanch them first, you could. But also, it's going to end up in mushy any case. It's going in a chocolate for 16 hours. But then they still hold their shape. You can right. still yeah, see. Yeah, There's yeah, different the textures of mush. I like that you, in my Pesach challenge in my mm -hmm. cookbook, I also cut it up very small, my potatoes. So it should be like, represent beans, but um, right. so you have them here. You don't do big chunks of potatoes. Um, in my personal tool that I make a Shabbos, I play around with all oh, different, different shapes and different sizes, shapes and, and, sizes and, and different spices and, you know, smoky stuff and whatever else. But over here, I just keep it. Uh -huh. you know, this is the way I figured was best. Fantastic. Do you like herring? Are you into herring? No, I don't need herring. Ah, I love herring. We could have done a herring and challenge show. Schnapps. <laughs> we, we've we've had them all over the years, right? Um, can we just check if it's not Leora or something? <laughs> It is, you can answer it. I've got a friend staying here who's, uh, I think my, my daughter keeps calling to uh, ask me something and she doesn't realise that we're doing the show. Um, okay. Um, all right. Amazing. You know, thank you so much for okay. coming on. Thank you for we having me. We are big, big fans. Guys, all follow him on Instagram. Those who are Instagrammers, uh, Bean and, and Spice. Spice. There mm -hmm. you go. Uh, find out where they are coming to. I know that we all make cholent. Um some, better, some people are better than others. Some people don't want to make it. But this is really a special treat to try. You will fall in love with it. And I've, I've got to say, we'll talk about price. I found it really well priced for the amount mm -hmm. of meat that, that goes in here, for the size that goes in here. I thought it was really, really, really good value. I've had some very high-end stuff on the show mm -hmm. over the years. And people have said to me, well, I'd love to order, but it's expensive. Mm -hmm. This is not expensive. This is a treat for yourself, especially this summer. You know, you don't want to be busy in the kitchen. You mm -hmm. want to put something up and run out. Enjoy the beautiful weather, whether you're in the bungalows or traveling or at home in Woodmere and you want to get to the North Woodmere pool, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, this is literally something people can buy every week. Yeah. yeah. You know. Well, you keep making it and mm -hmm. we'll keep buying it. Okay, good. Deal? <laughs> okay, got fantastic. Deal. Okay. All right, thank you so much for joining thank us. Thank much. you to your lovely wife and baby for um, joining us. We're going to switch places, mm -hmm. um, but you can't leave yet because I want to give you a cookbook. Okay. <laughs> Can you stick around? We've got another half an hour. All right, if you bring me a book, and maybe I'll sign it for you, and that way you can go whenever you need to go. Yeah, All right, can I have a pen? Yeah. If anyone has a pen. Okay. okay. Right. Uh, fantastic. I'm signing. I'm giving Yiddle and... Okay, dear. I, you were doing this on camera. If anybody wants a cookbook signed from my followers, just let me know. I'll make that happen for you. How do you spell your wife's name? Chaya. C-H-A-Y-A? Mm-hmm. Yep. 
That's it? Yeah, that's fine. Okay. Um, uh, happy cooking. <laughs> it's what I sign everything. Great meeting you. <laughs> We're doing this on it. Great meeting you. Naomi Nachman. Okay, that way. If the you know when you 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 can say as long as you want, and then you'll Thank you need you so to much. go. Thank you so much. Okay. Thank you so much Thank for, you for being here us. today. Anytime. All right, great. Um, you guys are going to switch sheets, and you can go and... around. Sure. Um, you can take your challenge. Do, do you ever get sick of challenge? Do you ever get sick of challenge? No. Never. <laughs> His wife in the back said, Chaya said, no, he never gets sick of cholent. Do you have a Pesach cholent? Do you have a Pesach? Nah. Not yet. The best Pesach cholent in my cookbook. Can I say that? I'm just saying it. I will, I will be very full of myself on that. Um, okay. Um, Ahova. Hello. How's it going? I brought you a present. Okay. I am very excited. I love presents. <gasps> no way. Picked them yesterday. These are from a Hoover's garden. I love radishes. I know. Oh my god! You grew these in your garden. I grew them in my garden. Did I miss the boat for myself? You missed the boat for when, this year. For when but you'll I, plant them next year. When do I have to plant radishes? A month ago. Right. We need a time machine. Oh, these are beautiful. If you plant them now because the days are longer and it's warmer, they'll just go to seed. You can plant them again in the fall. So let's talk later in the okay. fall. Okay. Oh my god, them. these are beautiful. Oh my gosh, they are magnificent. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Wow, grown in Monsi. Okay. Okay. Ahuva, you do so many different things. Um, I and do. I, I just, I really admire so much about you because you're a very warm person. You've, you've had us over. We spend a lot of time together. But what is it? You're smart. Guys, you know I love smart people. And thank God I have great shows and I have great guests. But... Like, I love the, the chokhmah and the wisdom that you share with me, my listeners, your followers, all of our followers, Kyle Yisrael, uh, through your platforms and through our platforms. And you've done so much to help boost the industry, the, the kosher food industry. Thank you. I'm sitting here blushing. <laughs> she is she I like is to say that I'm at the intersection of foodie and farmer. Yeah, Because I, I like that. to talk about growing the food and then also what to do with it and where it comes from. I'm very passionate about educating. That's my mission. People about where our food comes from. And I love talking about seasonal cooking and seasonal eating because honestly, besides the fact that things just taste better when they're in season, um, it makes life interesting. Like if you're seeing the same thing all year, to me, it's boring. I love like the citrus is at its best in the winter. And then that's when I use a lot of citrus and something like radishes. Now's the time of year. They taste the best. Today's day and age in today's modern supermarkets, you can get radishes all year round. But honestly, if you can get radishes that radishes that are grown locally to you in the spring, you're just they're just going to be better. So it's a spring vegetable. Radishes are a spring, the early cool season vegetables. Spring, fall. In, in certain places, you can grow them in the winter. Not here, ground freezes. <laughs> but right. but those are those are a spring vegetable. Radishes, peas, those are in season right now. I mean, this show is going to be in another two weeks. Two weeks. Okay. Still in season. Still the end of the season for radishes. Um, tomatoes are at their best in this area in July and August. I mean, that's oh, when they're the best. So. I know. i got to get planting. You have to get planting. And let's talk about your garden uh, plant. Okay. So Ahuva is a gardener as well as a farmer and as well as a bread baker. That's my day job. That's her day job. She <laughs> makes sourdough bread. Um, I have two left in my freezer. Oh, good. I'm, I ration them. <laughs> No joke. So I make sourdough bread. I sell it in Muncie. I don't ship. I don't sell out of Muncie at Evergreen or direct from my website. Um, and I also do a lot of garden consultations, both virtual and in person. Mm -hmm. um, in person, mostly in the Muncie area, but I do travel. People bring me in. I came in for Naomi. Okay. Um, usually a group of people together will bring me in because there's travel costs and they'll cover that that way. Um, but I do a lot of virtual ones also all over the place, which is a lot of fun where somebody will talk to me about what, what they want and send me pictures of their space and then we'll make a garden plan that's individual to them because every single garden plan is individual. No two are ever exactly the same. And let's talk about your garden plan. She's, so I have, I love my garden. Actually, we can actually, we're not in the studio. So guys, we're going to just raise my backyard. <laughs> um, by the time you actually... Listen to this. I hope it'll be planted. You gotta it, get it will be planted. I'm like standing funny because the radish is on top of the cord. Um, ZK, can you zoom in on my 
Got it. Got it. I think when we started the season, they were fully, it was last September, I had a lot of tomatoes in August. Um, and then, you know, it died out and cleaned out and um, we are getting it ready for a hoover. Okay, so first of all, we're going to put a path down the middle because your garden is six feet wide, which is just too big. You can't reach across. You see this? This is my garden. That's your garden. You can't reach across without stepping in it. So what we're going to do is, here, this is, let's say, this is your fence on the side. You're going to put a path down the middle, so oh, either I'm gravel making. or mulch, and then you're going to have a two-foot by 17-foot bed here and another one on this side. So I have to measure two feet. Oh, my God, my daughter Gabby is going to go crazy over this. If you can get, like, some pieces of wood to hold back the mulch and put them in over here, that would be the best. If you I lost do it my gardener. Year, ask your gardener if he can do that. Show him this plan, and he should be able to follow it. A lot of people, I'll draw a plan, and then their gardener will do the actual work, and they can just plant in the ground. Yeah, so no, I want to – I can just see me and Gabby get really into this. So you get six tomato plants over here, and I showed you the spacing – one foot from the edge and then three feet between each one. You need to space them nice three feet in between each one because and it's a two-foot bed. give it from the edge. From the edge, one foot over here, one foot over there, and then three feet between each one. And so I have six, six cages. You've got six cages. That's okay. why I gave you six tomato plants. Okay, fair. And then on this side, I'm going to give you three zucchini plants and then some cucumbers, and you're going to grow those on an A-frame trellis. I'm going to send you a link. I will send you all the information, like I do with all my garden consultations, about where to order what you need to get, what seeds you need to buy, how to plant them, when to plant them, everything. All the instructions. I'm so excited! It's like an, a book for you. It's an individual plan for you of exactly what you need to do and you need to follow. And then I decide you had an extra space over here. Okay. And I wanted something that you wouldn't need to baby because you're always running all I over the place. I can't baby no plants. I cannot hardly take care of my own kids. <laughs> but something interesting to grow, and you had a nice good five-foot space, so you're going to grow some winter squash, and you can pick what you want, whether it's butternut or acorn, or Ooh, you can pick I'm, one type. It needs a lot of space, but you have the space, and if the plants start to vine a little bit out of this area, I'm sure it'll be okay. It won't be a problem. Um, so you're going to grow that also. And none of these things need, like, intensive hands-on work all the time. Right. Um, the zucchini plants you want to watch because the zucchinis can get big fast. So once you have a zucchini, you're better off picking them smaller. They taste better, and the plant will continue to produce. Oh, okay. Once the zucchini gets big, you get this massive zucchini, the plant has fulfilled its mission of reproducing because it has a zucchini full of nice big seeds that can become more zucchini plants, and it'll stop making zucchini. If you pick them small, then it'll keep making them. Okay, so what happens if it doesn't make grow at all? What do you mean? What does it I grow? once had flowers and no zucchinis. Ah, so the, what happens is those are male flowers. There's two types of flowers on a zucchini plant, also on a cucumber plant. Um, there's male and female flowers. The, you like can, passion fruit also. You need right, a male plant You can and tell a that's, a male, that's a different plant. This is on the same plant. So what it is, is is that you'll look at the flowers, and behind the flower, there's a little zucchini or a little cucumber. That's a female. And if, if not, it's a male flower. So the, you need pollinators. You need bees basically, more in this area. To not, we're not talking yellow jackets that will sting you. Honeybees, I don't know if you have them here, nah. but I'll give you another option if you don't, to transfer the pollen from the male flowers to the female flowers in order to, to get fruit. It's the fruit of the plant, the zucchini. If you don't have pollinators, you can get a little paintbrush, and you can go out and transfer the pollen yourself from the male to the female I'll flowers. I'll be a little bee. When I was a little kid, my father bought a yellow paintbrush and painted black spots on it, and I was like, he used to go buzz, buzz, buzz as he went. I thought that it was the best thing ever. <laughs> oh, I love that. That's so really that's what cool. you need to do if you don't have pollinators. If there are pollinators, they'll be attracted to this. Pollinators are not the insects that are stinging people. Things like yellow jackets are actually a type of wasp, and they have no interest in pollen. They're meat eaters, actually. <laughs> but any pollinators are really important, which is why I have a beehive. That's the original reason that I got a beehive on my property. I didn't even think I would have any honey. A beekeeper was saying... Um, I have some hives and I need a place to put them. Who wants them? And I was like, me, I want them. Because I had noticed that I didn't have enough pollinators and I wasn't getting as many cucumbers and squash. And I got the hive. And since I have a hive in, on my property every season, I don't have an issue now with pollination. So you have a beehive on your property? I have a beehive on my Do you make property. honey? Yes, we get honey. And I actually sell that on my website. Also only for pickup in Muncie. I'm not shipping. I'm not trying to start a honey empire. But it's local honey. Um, and... You can you can buy it, and that honestly, the pr we don't make money on that. That goes to help support the price of keeping the bees because it's expensive. I oh, really to take care of them. Yeah, we like, right what? now we're still paying. We haven't paid. We bought it already. An electric fence, for example, to keep the bears out of the hive. Oh, so, things like that. You don't want um, poo. We need the poo to come and come take in. Exactly. Your take honey. They don't just eat honey. 
they, they eat bees too, the bears. That's what they eat. Insects and berries and honey too. So they eat the baby bees. It's sad. Oh, they destroy Yoki the hive. Yeah. Stay out of here. Yeah, exactly. So um, they, they're not aggressive not towards people. Yeah, <laughs> but cool. they will eat the hive. So we have to protect it with an electric fence. And then they're just not interested in getting shocked and we'll go somewhere else. This is unbelievable. Wow. A hoover. That's cool. So tell them about the other really cool thing that you have in your farm slash backyard. What do you want, my chickens? Yeah, the chickens! <gasps> she my has chickens. her own chickens. My chickens. The story of my chickens is that when I was 12, my brother brought one home from school. They hatched it in school, and I fell in love with it, and I wanted to keep it. And I, like, ruined our whole plan to my mother of how I'd build a coop, and we're going to keep chicken. And she was, no way. Nope, not happening. We had to give that chicken away after a few days. And I was devastated. I really wanted chickens. She said, fine, you want chickens when you grow up. You can have chickens. No problem. You, you showed her. <laughs> I wanted them. I waited. I got them. I've had them now for 10 years. And it's great. Fresh I eggs. And been, they're hilarious to watch. I have been the uh, recipient of many of a Hoover's eggs. I totally forgot to text you to t bring me some. I still have a few left. Next time you're in Muncie, let's come uh, by. I love the eggs. There was, and the yolks are like bright orange. Amazing. That's because they eat grass. As opposed to just chicken feed. With if chickens that get to eat grass and other green, the chlorophyll is what makes the yolks brighter colored. The chlorophyll in the plants that they get to eat, as opposed to just eating like processed, you know, grain and things like that. Uh -huh. We call them happy chickens. They are very the, happy in chickens. The, uh, Organic. They are definitely world. very happy, happy chickens. chickens. Now, when you go outside to a Hoover's backyard and the chickens aren't in their coop, they come running over to you. They They're think like, you're bringing them treats. Hi, Naomi. <laughs> if you, I don't have a dog, but I have all the chickens like running at me at my feet asking for So what treat. happens when they get old? Eventually, they pass off, away. Off and the that's Postville? That's, they, they, they just, we let, let them live out their life. Oh, that you, don't, you never eat them. Can't eat your pets. It's hard. I know become very that. emotionally attached to them. If I would raise chickens for me, which maybe one day I will for now, I buy from my neighbor when I want pasture chicken who does that. He has a business where he sells pasture chickens. Um, but if I would want to do it, I, it would be chickens that I raised to become meat, that I knew that they would be meat from when they were born. But these, we've become attached to them at this point. Right, so they're right. pets Do they have names? Some of them have names. Some of them we just didn't, never ended up naming. It's hard because we... Every few years you get more chickens. I think of an original name <laughs> at right. a certain point. They don't respond to their names, but when you call chickens, they all come running. Or maybe he just knows your voice. I don't know what it is. It's not, they don't just, it's not everything you say. It's like that high-pitched sound, whatever. They know. That's us calling them for treats, and they come. Fascinating. Treat. Absolutely fascinating. So but we know how you got into the chickens, but how did you become into this whole farming Growing your own. Like, how did you learn all about plants? Like, I, I've, I've been, been planning, doing it forever. I've been sticking tomatoes in the ground forever. You just dig a hole, stick them in, and Hashem take care of the rest. So you oh, know that I'm like, I like to research everything. Right, so I've right. been do growing things forever. And my father's like, I'm like in that way also like the different new ways of doing it. I, so since I was a little kid, I did it. And then when I grew up and moved into my own house, first we were in an apartment, we got some pots and you know, planters and grew some tomatoes, which became a garden, which became a bigger garden. Then we moved and we have an even bigger garden. And then she had to move to Monty because Monty properties are bigger than Five Towns properties. But, I mean, you never really <laughs> lived in the Five Towns. But. <laughs> um, and I just, I like reading a lot about it and researching about different ways of doing it and different things to grow and always experimenting. Like this year, for example, I'm growing potatoes two different ways. I'm growing in a bed, as I always did. And I'm also growing in a grow bag which is a different method, and it's a great method for people who don't have a large garden but want to grow some, something like potatoes. All the potatoes are grow underground. You don't have to dig them up. You just have to dump out the bag of dirt afterwards, and then you just find the potatoes without having to, like, dig for them afterwards. It's a very interesting thing to, to grow because it's all hidden underneath the potatoes. That's so interesting. And fresh potatoes that you just picked taste amazing. Really different. You roast them. You squeeze it's, it's delicious. What's it, what would be the, the best thing to do is to roast them. I wouldn't make a kugel out of potatoes. That, I mean, unless I had like a field of potatoes. Right. But I don't get to grow that many. So What's just, the best way to eat potato? Like your vegetables that you grow? Because, you know. Let's talk about radishes because that's what we have right here. We'll show radishes. We'll look at them. We'll talk about radishes. They're in season right now. Look at these. These are just. I have different colors. I, I've grown I grew radishes multi, here. Multicolored radishes this year. So I've done a watermelon radish. Watermelon radish. It's a little bit of a different. They grow bigger. But yeah. the, the, these type of radishes, 
First of all, I like to cut them like julienne, it's very small, and use them in salad instead of mm. something like a red onion. I pickled Get that it. sharpness. Yeah. Also, pickling is great also. Um, th you thinly, thinly slice them, and then salt and a little bit of olive oil drizzled on top, and like it mm. feels gourmet. So that's like something great to do with a fresh and seasoned radish. Um, roasted radishes are underrated, and I talk about that all the really? time. Really? I love radishes. I've never... You've never roasted I've a never, radish? Because I eat them. Like, I salt so you them gotta, and I put them so on everything. So you roast them. Cut, you can cut them in half if they're, if they're, or in quarters if they're very big. And then salt, pepper, olive oil, a little splash of balsamic vinegar also sometimes. Sometimes no, I, I don't. And roast them like any other vegetable. And the flavor of profile changes. The sharpness gets a little mellowed. And then there's an earthiness that comes out. It's, they're so good. I love roasted radishes. Uh-huh. And what would you do with these gorgeous leaves? Look at these vibrant leaves. Honestly, I feed them to the rabbits or the chickens and they love them. Oh, I know someone that wants to make kimchi out of it. You can eat them. You would kimchi have to check like them. Kimchi is like a... a um, a Korean pickled cabbage slaw. It's a fermented cabbage dish. It has other things in it. Um, you would have to check them for bugs first. I mean, I'm still eating the chala. They look, they look okay to me. It's probably okay. And you could eat them in a salad also. I didn't spray them with anything, so they're, I guess that qualifies them as organic. Right. <laughs> um, it's easier earlier in the season when you grow things because there's just less bugs. Right. So that's something so, about so, something So like talk this. to me about cooking these vegetables that we grow, right? Like, Tell me what you want to know you know, zucchinis and tomatoes and mushrooms. I feel like people like over season them and then so when they're like in salt season and, and olive oil. When they're in and season and fresh, like like you said, salt. This is amazing what you can do with salt, olive oil, a little bit of freshly ground pepper. Always freshly ground grind your pepper. Um, um, zucchini is great grilled. You want to salt it first to draw out the moisture so it isn't oh, soggy. Oh. So, like an eggplant, same way you do with an eggplant. No, see? Salt them that's first. That's why she's one of the smart friends. <laughs> salt them first. All my friends are Let so it smart. sit a little bit, then blot it, and then you can grill them or roast them. But on the grill, like, just, just they're so them? good. Salt, pepper, olive oil. That's okay. it. When it's in season, you don't need to do much to it. I mean, you get it the flavor. Its own, yeah. its own flavor. Same with tomatoes. A little bit of salt, always salt tiny little bit of salt on your sliced tomato. If you haven't done it before, try it. You'll, you'll I've never, done it. Yeah. yeah. You, 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 uh, I, my people fail to season their tomatoes because they don't realize Tomatoes so much. are my favorite food on this planet. That's why I we have... just you have, you, I have... Put this one. You, you know the size of my garden. I planted my tomato plants yesterday. I have nine tomato plants. You have six in your garden. I know. <laughs> which is like the size of a Everyone quarter of my garden. Everyone my obsession with tomatoes. But you can grow all different types too. But if, if you were a beginner planter, right? You're like, I'm listening to Naomi's show... I'm going to get into this. Like, I'm a beginner. I'm not quite ready to, like, hi like hire a Hoover yet because, you know, that'll be next summer. Let me just get a taste of something like this. So you know? I do sometimes do garden constellations for beginners who aren't ready for a garden. That's what, like, a lot of what I do in my virtual. Well, people will plant in planters as opposed to, like, starting to dig in like the ground. Like, what do you mean by planter? Like a pot? Like a pot. But I have certain planters that I recommend that are self-watering so you're not out there watering every day or twice a day. Um, in the summer. What's a self-watering plant? So the way it works is it has like a reservoir underneath. It has like a false bottom that fills up with water. So you're not, the, the water stays there and then the roots can pick up from that water. You can do that tomatoes? You can you, you can grow tomatoes okay. in, a, in those type of planters. So most people, when they're beginners, the most popular thing is tomatoes because most people like them. Not always. Sometimes not. Um, uh, people sometimes like to grow peppers. Um, I would suggest the smaller peppers rather than the big bell peppers in I've this area. I've done a jalapeno. I've actually right, the done smaller jalapenos. Ones I forgot about that. Are better in this area because peppers need a very long growing season to ripen. Peppers are not ripe until they like turn peppers. colors. Yeah. So it, it's, it's, it's harder to grow. If you live a little further south, like South Jersey, I mentioned the people all over watching this and listening to this, um, Baltimore, you can do a much better job growing peppers than in New York. Uh, I'd love to hear, guys, even though you're listening to the show either – you know, when it is on its air date or on the archives later on, always reach out to me with questions. And I'm going to throw a question out at all our listeners because I want this to be interactive. Um, where, do you, where you guys live, what are you growing and when are you growing I love to it? hear it. I love to talk to people from different places. You know, places. I've got people in, in Kansas that watch the show and, you know, uh, uh, Chicago, California. It always amazes me to talk to people in South Florida or in Southern California because they have, like, a growing season that lasts the entire year. Right. So when I, like, half the year Israel. I can't grow anything and they can always be growing uh, My friends in Israel grow avocados and mangoes. I know. It's amazing. It's so, like radishes are spring here, but those are winter in Southern California and, and in South and Florida. Is it that strawberries are in season in June here and in Israel it's January? Because 
um, that type of weather. It's the early spring and it's that type of warm weather. It's too hot for them when it's summer or there, but it's nice it, 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 when the, you know, I in remember the winter, it's better for when them. my daughters were all in seminary and we went to visit them for winter break. We were able to be there. So January, I would go to the Shuk and we would buy these big fat tomatoes. Have you ever been to the south part of Israel in January? It's like June here. Right, right. So have you been into the Salad Trail, Shvil Hasalat? I have not. So Danielle Renov. So when Danielle Renov came on my show that I had at the Inbal Hotel about two or three years ago, she had just come back the day before from Shvil Hasalat, and wow. she had bought me on the show all these tomatoes. I never heard of it. Then when I ran my birthright trip um, later on. What time of year? My birthright trip was, was just now. Well, just now. <laughs> I was one of the last trips before Corona. Now, Baruch Hashem, they're starting up again. Um, I was there in December, January, because we were there over New Year's, going into 2020. So um, we went to Shira Sala and we, I finally got to see what it looked like. The ch Israel invented cherry tomatoes. I know. Right? Like, I, know. I did not know that. Yeah. Um, and peppers and that's amazing. So we're growing from the strawberries, growing from the ceiling. Well, we're hoping to that they'll let us in in October. Yeah. We're hoping, and I maybe then I'll go see it then. I'm like waiting for my sure. Well, you have kids there. I have kids. I have grandkids there. I know. So, so you, you, I'm like, I really. But need supposedly to go. they're letting in tour. Supposedly, I think starting this week they're letting in tour groups, and hopefully individual tourists will come next. I think oh. a birthright trip left. We could. That's a ago. that's a group. A groups yeah. they let in. Earlier, the hopefully, athlete, 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 hopefully athlete, by athlete. the time this airs, they are letting in individual tourists already. Because uh, I know I, so many people who are just missing, missing being there. Right. I really, really hope that it. Uh, I have a grandmother there. She's not to... considered a first degree res a relative. Why? Because she's my grandmother, not my mother, and I haven't seen her in a long time, and I really want to see her. Right. Yeah. I w I, why can't you consider her first? Israel. Why is she not a first degree relative? She's my grandmother. Yeah. How old is she? Ninety. Oh, can I know her? She should live and be yeah. well. Okay, Anna, we all are dying to get into Israel. Um, okay, so we, so if, okay, so let's, I just want to circle back. So if you're a first-time planter. You pl not, first of all, you plant what you like to eat. Plant what you like don't to eat. Don't plant tomatoes if you don't like tomatoes. What would be the easiest? If you like tomatoes, what's the easiest If you like to tomatoes, plant? grow tomatoes. That's the easiest I'm going to give you a list of easy things, but it's only easy no, if you do it right. Uh, yeah, like, yeah. It's only easy if you do it right. If you don't do it right, it's not easy, and you need sun. I have a lot of people who try to grow in very shady areas. That's like the area that's like out of the way in their yard. Without sun, you're not going to get vegetables because the plants need energy. They're doing the most energy hogging activity, which is reproducing when they make tomatoes, cucumbers, things like that. That's the fruit that has the seeds. So they need sun in order to, they do photosynthesis through their leaves and they create either the the root or they're creating the fruit, whatever it is, so they need energy for is that. Is there such a thing as picking your fruits and vegetables too early? Um, well, most things you'll be able to tell when it's time to pick it. A radish is ready, when is it ready to pick? When is the size that you want to eat it? it it's such, there is such a thing as picking it too late because once at a certain point later in the season, a stalk will grow out of here with a, like a little seed pod and then it's gone to seed and they're not very good anymore. You can eat the seeds though, but um, oh, that's too funny. early. Does it pop up out of the ground? The, the stalk grows up from here. It's right, like a stalk so, with a seed pod. Then yeah, your radish has gone to seed yeah, and but how the, do you this know? is not good anymore. But how will you know that when this is ready? You see it. Oh, it pops up. I'll have to show, I'll show, I'm going to show it. What I'm going to do is, because I don't know if I'll still have radishes in the ground when this airs, is I'm going to put it into my highlights. I'm going to, when I get home, I'm going to show my radishes in my I'm garden. Gonna tag me. I'm going to put it and I'm going to tag you. <laughs> and then when this is aired, you can tell people to go to my highlights and they can go and look and see how they look. They pop out. You can see the top of them. Same with carrots. You can see the top. And if you can't, you can just like dig around in the dirt a little bit with your finger and right. you can feel how well, big it is and tell. We did carrots and they were okay. I, I, so I'm carrots like, are good. The problem with carrots is if you're not, and I know you're always traveling everywhere, you need to water those seeds for I a have few a, weeks. I have, a, I have a sprinkler. You have a sprinkler. So it's possible to do carrots if you want to swap out the, the but I think the winter squash is going to be a lot more fun Yeah, for you. I love butternut squash. So it's fun. Yum. You don't necessarily get huge ones that taste delicious and it's a lot of fun to watch something like that grow. Oh, that is so really I, cool. that's what I, for you, I would suggest that. Like I said, every and garden plant is individual. She'll customize. Oh, I've never. I've done a lot of garden plants, and I've never done two that are the same. So that's what you're saying, like what people should plant. So cucumbers are also good if you do it right for people, um, for beginners. Uh, herbs are very popular. Oh, Always can we in just planters. Talk about that. Yeah, planters. I, I really suggest that herbs be in planters. Yeah. Well, I, I home gardener. My gardener took my 
mint plant that was in a little pot and he stuck it in the ground. And now you have an entire garden. And then I had about half the, about, until yesterday, half that back port garden was mint. And you may have to be pulling it out the whole season because it has runners underground. It's, it's yeah. You want the mint, mint has to be at a pleasure. But even the other herbs like basil and parsley, whatever else you want to grow, it's just easier for people with a small garden, especially in a planter. Mint, no matter what size your garden is, unless you can dedicate a bed just to mint, planter because it spreads. But like I I happen to plant my basil in a bed in my garden, but if I didn't have that much space, it would be in a planter. In the past I've grown it in planters. Right. So I want to I want to I want to get You can uh, buy plant. I wrote here. I don't know where you want to put these, but yeah, I wrote right yeah. here. No, I have it at the edge there. Okay, perfect. The you put edge. them there and you put your herbs into planters. I want to do mint, I want to do basil, and I use a lot of thyme and rosemary. I think they can so share a rosemary planter. um also can be a perennial and can spread. So maybe you want to do We'll talk. We'll talk about it mm. if you want to do it. It depends. It depends on what variety you get, if it can overwinter and things like that. Rosemary's great to grow. Yeah. It grows wild all over Israel. I don't know if you know that. Right. You, when you're walking up to the old city, on the side over there, there's always rosemary growing. You can smell it. You just press it and you can smell it. Smell it. Ah, oh, I love it. I love it. It's great. Like all the things that you can do with the, with the seasonal vegetables and all right. that. Um, Wow, a hoover. This is incredible. All right, so we really have a lot to plan. Now, let's talk about what have we covered? We've covered the animals. Cover the animals. We've covered the vegetables. The chickens. The chickens. The bread. The bread. We could talk about the bread. How did you get into sourdough? I know we, we spoke about... We spoke about this when I was on your show three you years ago. Three but. years ago. And also, I had someone on my show a couple of weeks ago. Like, you sell sourdough pizza dough. She makes the whole pizza for you. You can have it delivered. That is very cool. Right? Like, people are so cool. into sourdough. Right. So, I got into sourdough, um, gosh, how many years ago? It's like 17 years ago. Um, that was way before. Yeah, it was before it was a trend um, because I always liked it. I love history. So, I love to know the history of different foods. Um, and it always, I wanted to know, like, how was bread made? What is... Way back. So, that's, that's what sourdough... That's how bread was made. Like, when we left Mitzrayim, like they said, you had to wait for the dough to rise. Like, what were they waiting for? Sourdough. They were waiting for it. It took time. It was a process. You saved a little bit of the old dough from the last batch and put it in to help your dough rise in the new batch. That was always what bread was. This commercial yeast is like 150, 200 years old maximum. That's it. I don't know Before then, everyone... I, don't, I think it's 150 years. Um, beforehand, every, all bread was sourdough. Right. That's just what bread was. So I wanted to learn the original way. I, Maybe I that's why everybody has a stomach problem now. <laughs> so they say that the fermentation makes it easier to digest, and that's like that was the bread we always ate, and the quicker rise doesn't have a chance to ferment and break down different things in the wheat that are sometimes harder for some people to digest. I, I think they don't have any... I think the whole thing with you... <laughs> what was I reading? That they don't even have the original wheat anymore. Because they've modified so we it so We don't have it times. really so much because farmers have been doing selective breeding for forever. Like they found the wheat plant that made the most amount of kernels and tasted the best, and they planted those wheat kernels for the next year. So that's something that farmers have always done. Um, but really the digestibility is much more affected by the fact that we're not fermenting it. it that process brings out the flavor from the grain, which is the reason I kept making it when I first got it right. right. Your bread is so and delicious. And also Sourdough. makes it easier to digest. So I watched an episode of Baking with Julia, with Julia Child. Ah, oh, Julia Child! And she had on Nancy Silverton, who talked about making sourdough bread and how to make the culture. I love her. fascinated by it. Right. And I said, I need to try it. But today, you want to learn how to make sourdough. There's online classes. There are books. Chaya Suri Chaya online class. class is amazing. Yeah. Coming um, from a Hoover, that's like really high price. So she really, she really is good. It's really step She's by step. She's the first person who taught me about sourdough. She does sourdough. It comes to sourdough education. Every every week, I get at least one person ask me if I teach. I don't. Because why would I? When Chaya Suri's class is exactly what you need to learn. I wish she had been around teaching it back when I had to figure it out myself. Right, right. That was fun. Um, but eventually, after a few months, I got an edible loaf, and then it got really good and was delicious, so I just kept baking it. Right. It picks up the the bacteria in the air. The more times bacteria you make it, the, the yeast better in the it air, And I get better at it, and like I said, I was starting from figuring it out myself. Right. Uh, Whenever I made salad, and I used to make it for years until July 4th, 2019. When you dropped it. When I smashed and dropped my I remember you brought it to me. sourdough. Naomi brought it to me. Starter off the floor. And there's like the little fridge. bits of glass in it. And I'm like, I'm sorry, Naomi. You can't save it. Yeah. I, I had, I literally fed and grew my sourdough for about eight years. Wow. 
until it fell out of the fridge because it was in a mason jar and smashed all if over If you're ever the floor. ready to um, do it again, I'll give you some starter. Thank you. I and don't know. It's plastic, a, not glass. Yeah, I know Always now. plastic. But I, what, one thing I, I, I always appreciated the miracle of what happened with, with bread. It's amazing. And how it just grows and it's rises. Because when you make it, it's like mulchy in the beginning. Like it's and then it watery, becomes this beautiful and dough. This. And then it becomes this delicious bread. Right. So I just kept baking it and I didn't realize it became a trend. I had like no clue. And then all of a sudden I started my Instagram page, Homegrown Kosher, which the point of Homegrown Kosher was not to sell bread or sell anything but to share. And like what my mission is to share with people that growing your food and where it comes from and seasonal cooking and eating. And I started posting pictures of my sourdough. People were like, wow, do you sell that? I'm like, why would you want to buy that? It's just like the weird bread I make for my family. And I realized that there was a demand for it. And that, that's, that's where the bakery grew from. I started making a few loaves in my home kitchen and grew slowly. And now I have a separate space. You've seen it, my yeah. bakery. Yeah, your bakery's amazing. I remember when you baked in the house. Right, when I was and baking, I'm, that was wild. When I was baking, I was, my kitchen and my dining room and my den were taken over. I, it's like house. me it's every like, Pesach. Exactly. Like the whole house. Spread, spreads. The whole house was taken over by a bakery. My kids were just so happy. Like that room that became the bakery was supposed to be a playroom. My kids like, we don't need a playroom. We just want our house back. <laughs> so they got the house it's back. It's amazing. It's amazing. If you are in the Monty area, you can pick it up at Evergreen. Or order from me. Or order from her website. Homegroomkosher.com. I deliver. People pick up for me. But no. people like the convenience of Evergreen, so I stock there. I, right. It's unfortunately never enough. There's only so much that I can do. Right. But I try to keep the freezer stocked. Mostly it ran out over Shavuos, but it's restocked how, again now. How many How many um, do you bake a week? How many days? Um, I bake on – it takes me two and a half days. I can do 12 dozen. That's 144. A baker's dozen. <laughs> um, sometimes I'll bake a separate batch earlier in the week just that, that doesn't get – sold on my website goes straight to stock the freezer because though I bring freshly baked loaves every Thursday to Evergreen I also try to keep the freezer stocked because sometimes people want bread in the middle of the week right. so I yeah. have separate packed for the freezer bread in the freezer and then I also stock fresh yeah I, I have uh, when I was at a Hoover's for Shabbos a couple of weeks ago I ordered a whole bunch myself and I put stocked up my freezer because it's back to sandwiches. <laughs> For the Nachman family, Svi is back in Manhattan. He needs sandwiches to take to He's work. He's back to work in Manhattan? Yeah. He I remember back. when you came for Shabbos, he was saying that he was still at home. Yeah, yeah. He, wow. yeah, he, um, he, I think he went back about a week. Oh, I think you with, mentioned that your house was empty and quiet. Yeah, within a week. Wow. Within a week, he had gone back to the city. So, yeah, hopefully the Nachum Siegel Network, we're hoping you'll return back into the studio. But ZK and I... We put the show together from here. ZK, we, made we made it happen. Uh, what's better, the packing here or the packing in the city? <laughs> Don't answer that. We I know. much appreciate coming here than going to the city. It's right. beautiful. And I get to see your garden. Yeah, you get to see my garden. But I really enjoyed um, all the time that we had here um, in Woodmere. But I think we're going to go for season 10 back into the city. I don't know. We have, we have to talk about that. <laughs> We'll play that. Well, Zeke, I'll let ZK run the show. You know, whatever he says, I'll do. I really don't mind. Um, but yeah, I haven't been to Lower East Side in, since Purim of, before Corona. Oh we were on the Lower East Side by the Gans family. Um, and we were there for Purim. And had we heard there might be something called Corona, but I would I never take anything seriously. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, whatever. It's not going to happen. Don't be serious. Stupid. Like, don't get into a panic or don't get your knickers in a knot, as we say. Um, and literally, like, that was Thursday, Wednesday, right? By Friday, was shut down. So, ha, joke's on me. Um, yeah, so we want to get back to the Lower East Side and I'm see my friends. Um, okay, so thanks to Hugo for coming all I'm going to leave this with you. You get an original. Most people get an email to them, but I was here when I made it. And okay. I'm going to send you that email, hopefully later today. Okay, So fantastic. you know what you need to get and what I will you need do to that. do. And then Next I have to week, come I'll, back later in the summer. Next week, maybe I'll, 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 I'll Maybe I'll come here for Shabbos and then, take, then we can see your garden when yeah, it's actually I, I, that, growing. I think that sounds like a good plan. <laughs> um, so this is the last show of season nine. Um, it was an incredible year. Um, thank you, ZK, for schlepping out all these weeks, even though I think we established it's better to take the belt than go to Manhattan and try to park there. But we miss being in the studio. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in for this entire season. Thank you to Nachum, Miriam, and Yoni for making everything happen. Uh, we had some really amazing, fun shows right here from Woodming, New York. For the for the network, I uh, just want to wish everyone a very happy summer. What does I say? A gazinta zimmer. A gazinta zimmer. 
Yeah, there you go. I said it. Um, and you can always reach me, Naomi, at NachumSiegel.com, Facebook or Instagram. Um, just stay in touch with me over the summer. We have music sponsored by our friends at Lich Up. We have music sponsored by our friends at Kedem right up until Lichbenching. I had to really concentrate on those words. <laughs> um, happy summer. Shabbat shalom. Stay in touch. Bye, guys. Thank you for everything. Thank you, Zika.